Maybe the worst part about our exorbitant healthcare spending is that so many people still have little or no coverage. About 29 million Americans had no health insurance in all of 2019, and that number is rising. About 45% of Americans ages 19 to 64 are underinsured, meaning their out-of-pocket costs are so high, they're just simply unaffordable. Even more alarming, one in six Americans have medical debt in collections. For Americans of color who have medical debt collections, that number is one in five. Here's what I suggest. I suggest checking out a truly viable alternative to expensive traditional health insurance. Go to zionhealth.org and tell them you heard it on the Resilience Podcast. Zion Health is a nonprofit health share. In essence, each member contributes monthly towards a pool of money, which is used to help pay for the large medical expenses of the Zion Health community. It could work for you, your family, your business, and your employees, so go check them out. Now on to today's episode. It was just 10 days ago when I was at the United States Tennis Association National uh, National Campus in Orlando, Florida, representing Texas at the National Championship. I couldn't believe the majesty of this place. Some of the best players from around the world train here. And why not? There's almost 100 courts, 84 of which have live streaming. There are 300 college matches that are played there. I was at the epicenter of American tennis, and all I could think of was this 12-year-old boy hitting a ball that barely bounced for hours against a wall. My heart wanted to jump out of my chest. This is the Resilience Podcast, episode 234. I'm Cecil Ledesma, recording live from Austin, Texas. It is so beautiful here. It's Tuesday, November 23rd. So that morning, as I looked out the window, I could feel my increased heart rate, a sense of both excitement and anxiety that you can only really understand if you lived it. I was worried about what people might think, what I might lose, what life might have in store for me, because that was all I knew to focus on. I had programmed myself to do one thing, worry. And when your one thing is worrying, It's inevitable that you see life through a lens of scarcity. Your setting is on maintain, meaning you protect the little you have as opposed to seeking more. You play defense to keep the world out as opposed to the offense required. 
to bring the world in so that it may be reshaped. That morning, cold, wet, gray, I was numb. Yes, it was in Orlando, Florida, but it was cold. But deep down, completely oblivious to me, was a little fire burning, too small to recognize a spark of courage in its infancy. See, at the moment, if someone asked me, can you even be scared and courageous at the same time? I would have said, those two words do not go together, right? We're talking night and day, fire and, and water, black and white. But time's job is to reveal, and it has shown, that there is no courage without fear. There is no fire, no matter how bright or powerful. That doesn't, by default, bring about those mysterious shapes dancing in the shadows. If you want fire, great, but you must learn to dance with what hides in the periphery. You must learn to go where your impulse begs you not to. And so that morning, that morning, I went to dance with my demons. What if the one thing holding you back in your life was you. And look, I know the world is a complex, multivariable, unfair, sometimes even cryptic place. I've never said anything to the contrary. But what humans do so well, sometimes for good and sometimes to our detriment, is see life through stories ideas. Whether you know it or not, you are playing by a set of rules. Right now, as you take this thing, you have defined a set of parameters and deemed them acceptable. Decided they are what you deserve. You've allowed for yourself a certain level of growth, a certain amount of happiness, a certain amount of time to do what you love, a certain expectation around the role of work in your life, a certain window of income you've identified as reasonable. Overall, a certain feeling you get when you look in the mirror. And my objective is not to tell you that any of the above is good or bad. It's to remind you that they are all stories. Our current state is not etched in stone. It's clumsily drawn on a dry erase board. Clumsily, because how could we know everything? We learn along the way. A dry erase board, because there's never a moment in time in which you cannot begin again. Think about that. Never. Good, bad, or in between, there is never a situation from which you can't emerge 
as something different from what you can't choose to take a different path. Change the narrative around you, your relationships, your job, your goals. But like the elephant tied to the chair with the rope, one must learn that it is not the chair holding them back, but their perception, their understanding of a supposed role in life. So, as I drove away that morning, I wasn't leaving a physical place, but a mental constraint. Turning my back on a manufactured idea about who I was and what life would allow. Not in a snap, no, not, not, not all at once, but an adventure that would begin pulling back the curtains one by one on all that I've walked right by. You see, the first step to getting more is understanding you've been accepting less. That is where new roads present themselves. And it is that new road that I want for you. That understanding that so much will be given to those with the courage to ask. So as you stand now, examine what you've been asking of life. My hunch is that perhaps it's not enough. Perhaps there's more. Perhaps a new chapter is waiting to begin. And right now is when that first page gets turned. Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell says that the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. Why? Because to face the dancing shadows is to gain power over them. It shows our mind the reality is far less scary than our perception of reality. That no chain or lock or wall can be more debilitating than the mental constraints we create by ourselves in our heads. It shows that the man guarding the door can just as easily be the one who unlocks it. And so, what better a time than now to turn that key, to step out and confront what was once nothing more than a vast emptiness? I'm going to ask you to jump into the cold water of opportunity that shocks us at first. It creates pins and needles and discomfort, but, but ultimately provides a chance to acclimate and navigate to a foreign world. You, you just need to jump, not, and not a mountain, but a foot, enough to start earning that confidence, creating that self-trust, believing in yourself, so drive away to the understanding that there is always another level if you want it. 
to the belief that nothing is outside the realm of possibility. Those boundaries can be redrawn to the idea that no one tells you who you are or what you're capable of. The world doesn't give orders. It reacts to who you decide to be, to the awareness that possible victories always outweigh in magnitude the possible defeats, to the realization that who you were yesterday is in no way related to who you can be tomorrow. All chapters end, and you decide when that happens. Everything else belongs in the rear view. Success is knowing this. It's believing it, holding on when others would let go. Be reassured by the incremental nature of what's ahead. Zero miracles, just the courage to begin. Just push the ball down the hill. Give life a chance to help you create momentum. No more thinking. No more worrying, procrastinating. Just go. It's incredible how fast things change when we grant ourselves that freedom, when we see all of the world is open to us. But will you open your mind to that opportunity? I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Nothing is sure in life, but you are guaranteed to lose if you don't go. It's to let falsehoods and debilitating stories guide your way. So stop letting these narratives tell you who you are and create reality with your feet. Why? Because you can. Because you were meant for more. And because more starts now. And one last thing. I already know what giving up feels like. I want to see what happens if I don't. And that's it for the Resilience Podcast. See you real soon. Hey, I'll see you next time, and thank you so much for tuning in. That about wraps it up. But before you jump off, two quick things, actually uh, three. One, I've always wanted to author the conversation on resilience and mental health because as a very proud Navy father, these topics affect me personally. And as you go about your day, be sensitive and be kind always for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you probably know nothing about. Your life is a gift and it's precious to me. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we can have a conversation is amazing. I feel very honored to be in your ears right now and that you spend a portion of your morning, noon, or night with me. 
And whether this is the first podcast you've listened to or you've been a loyal listener, I just want to say thank you. And last, please, I would be honored if you checked out my website at CecilLedesma.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter at Cecil Ledesma. Peace.